Are you ready to receive this morning? I would love for us just one second. I know we're, we're, we're receiving our, our tithes and our offerings, but one, just one second. Just take a moment. You don't have to close your eyes. You can still do what you're doing. I just want you to think real quick about a moment that you received something that brought change uh, to the trajectory of your life. Okay? Is that okay? Just take a moment. Just think about it for a second. A moment that you received something that brought change for your future. Yeah, I know like everybody has a moment that, that something happened that, that shifted that shifted, that shifted the way that you are today from a moment that happened that you received something that changed, whether it was a word from somebody, whether it was uh, maybe, maybe a, an amount of money that shifted the, the ability for you to be able to do what you're doing today, whatever that is. Go ahead and just take a moment and just think about that. And then I want us to just go ahead and take a second and just thank Jesus for that moment that he supplied that change. That thing. Go ahead, just take a moment. Just thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that moment, Lord. Thank you for bringing that back to my attention, God, because I would not be here today without having that in my past. And so I appreciate that, Lord. Even though maybe it wasn't the best, maybe it was hard, God, I thank you for that because that changed where I am today. You know, when you, when you give thanks to God, you open yourself up to receive more. When you remember what has happened and you give thanks for where you are at, you actually open yourself up almost like a funnel to say, okay, God, I'm giving thanks and now I'm here to receive. And God says, listen, if you'll just have a thankful heart, you know, we just came through Thanksgiving, if you'll just have a thankful heart, I can pour out so much more because I can do more with a thankful heart than I can with a greedy heart, number one. But if you go ahead and just forget what I've done, then you're getting rid of everything that I've done through you. And so why don't we go ahead and just remember, and as we remember, then we can go ahead and put it in a priority box to say, this is a priority. It's a priority that I remember and give thanks for what God has done in me so that I can remember as he does it through me where I came from to where I'm headed. And God has a big thing for you today, and if you'll get in the receiving position today and be able to receive everything that God has for you today, I promise that you'll take home something that can change uh, the trajectory of where you're headed. Okay, uh, this is week number two. Uh, we're in a series, Valuable, Valuable. You have value. Uh, go ahead and just look at your neighbor and say, uh, you have some value. Okay, I said some value because I don't know who you are sitting next to. <clears throat> um, but, but they have value, okay? Every single person in this room has value on a different level. You, you have value not in the, in the amount of worth, okay? Nobody is valued different in worth, you just have a different value than I do. Make sense? Okay. There's expensive homes out there. There's expensive cars. There's expensive watches. All have different value, but they can have the same worth in money. Does that make sense? Okay. You're here today. You're valuable to God. The moment that he gave his life on the cross is the moment that he said, hey, good and faithful servant, my son, my daughter, you are valuable to me. And since you have chosen me, I chose you. I chose you before you even decided to choose me. And so your value to me is way beyond what you even think it is. You're valuable. You're valuable. And today, I, I, I've entitled my, my talk today, Put Motion to Your Value. Put Motion to Your Value. Put Motion to Your Value. Put Motion to Your to your value, because if you have mo uh, value but you have no motion, you are a sitting piece of value. Make sense? 
stationary. If, if, you have, if you have value, but you put no motion to your value, you are something that is sitting that is not doing anything for the good of what God has called you to do. So we have to put motion to what we have, and what we have is greater than what we think we have. What, what you have and what you possess is greater than what you think you have and what you think you possess. I, I've had so many times where I'll be sitting with someone, and they have no clue who they are. But yet I sit across the table and I'm like, man, dude, if I could just have a little bit of what you have, like just even a little bit, I could do so much with what you possess because you possess so much more value than you see in yourself. And so if if we would understand the value that we actually own, the value that God's given us the availability to have, then we would understand that if we put motion to it, we could tear this world down for Jesus. Okay, that's just, we're just getting, we're getting in here. If you have value, uh, but you never put motion to it, you would be like uh, Kyle McDonald's desk, the little red paper clip that sat on his desk. Kyle McDonald was one of the originators of the uh, game. Anybody ever played the game Bigger or Better? Anybody played the game Bigger or Better? You play the game. It's, if you haven't played it, which nobody in this room has played it, and I'm very disappointed because it is one of the most fantastic games. Yes, we've got one. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate that. Okay, this, you played Bigger or Better. Okay, good. Okay, so this game, Bigger or Better. Anybody ever uh, heard of the game Bigger or Better? Let's just go with that one. Or do you all live under rocks? Okay, good. Beautiful. Okay, Bigger or Better. So you start, you know, the way we played it in youth group was we would all start with a penny. Okay, we would all start with a penny. And we would go to the mall and we'd split up into teams. And then we would go from store to store and just see if anybody would be able to change or exchange our penny for something bigger or better than the penny. And then at the end of the game, you had an hour to play. At the end of your hour, whatever had, whoever had the biggest item of worth would take home the prize. Pretty simple game, okay? Start with a penny. Try to end with something valuable. Maybe a dog. I don't know. Let's just try to see if we can trade up. Uh, by the way, you know, Allie's giving away her dogs, just so you know. Um, um, oh, anyways, but let's try to see. And I'm pretty sure she would take a penny for him. Just saying. Okay. Um, but anyways... Um, so if you, if you start with a penny, you see what you can end with. We were walking out of PacSun with, like, uh, uh, mannequins and, I mean, all fun stuff. Like, it was amazing. You know, the things that we were ending with were incredible. But Kyle McDonald, he looked at his little red paperclip, and he thought, what if I could take this little red paperclip and turn it into a house? And he had a vision. He had a dream. And he said, I'm going to take some time and dedicate it to taking this little red paperclip and shifting its value to the value of a home. Now, he went through everything. He went through, he was trading uh, all kinds of things. He traded up to finally what would be a box truck, and it was, it was kind of a raggedy box truck and, and didn't really uh, work that great, but it at least had doors and a motor, and he felt like really accomplished, and he had taken some time to get up there. A year into his journey is when he finally traded what he had gained for keys to a house. One year. It took Kyle McDonald one year to trade a little red paperclip all the way up to the possession of a home. You can get online. You can check out his website, uh, onelittleredpaperclip.com. And uh, I'll tell you, it was, it's, it's an incredible story. It's really long. I would have read it to you. But it's, it's phenomenal what he went through to get to where he is. And, and it showed me that the value of a little red paperclip can be much more than what we think it can. Because it doesn't have to go from a little red paperclip to a house. It has a process. And there's a process to your value. 
You see, God gave you value, but if you never put motion to it, you'll never get to where you need to be. And where you need to be is way further than where you're at, but you have to have the process to be able to get to where you want to be. And uh, we were, I was down in the gym the other day with, with Roman. He comes down in the morning. Sometimes it works out. He likes, uh, his W's are V's, so he likes to look out. Um, and he, I don't know, sometimes he's from Greece. Sometimes he's from, like, the Netherlands. I don't know. His, his accents go all over the place. He's Australian some mornings. I'm like, dude, who are you? Um, anyway, so he was downstairs, and, uh, and he said, you know, he calls himself Memon. So he's like, Daddy, Memon, like, like he's a caveman almost. He's like, Memon, look out. And I was like, okay, you're going to work out too. So I got him, I have these little, uh, when Luke comes over, uh, we use the two and a halfs for him. And so I, I pulled off. Sorry. <laughs> I grabbed one of Luke's weights off and um, they <laughs> I handed it to Roman. It was, it was a two-and-a-half plate. And if you, don't, if you don't know the story, my son dropped a 45-pound plate on his foot and cracked it in half. Uh, and so we don't go near the 45s anymore. So I handed him a, a two-and-a-half. And, um, and, and, and I handed it to him, and I said, okay, here, you do it with this. Okay, this is the lightweight. And he comes over, you know, and he sees me and Luke and all the guys that come over and work out. So he's doing squats, and then he does overhead pushes and all that fun stuff. And so he's doing it and, and whatever. And about five minutes into it, he comes back to me and he goes, Dad, no, no. And he puts the two and a half down on the ground and he goes over to the machine and he goes to grab a 25 off. I didn't pull it off. I'm a good parent, okay? I'm not, not neglecting my children. I'm watching him. So he goes to grab it off and I said, hey, hey, whoa, whoa. You, you can't have that plate. It's too heavy. Well, why? I mean, Roman, everything is why. So why? Well, because it's, it's too heavy. Well, why? Because you haven't trained long enough to be able to handle the heavy weight. Well, Why? Well, because if you grab that weight right now, it will crush you because you are not strong enough to handle the weight that you think you can handle. So it might look light on the rack, but once you get it in your hands, you're going to drop it. And I'm afraid that when you drop it, you're actually going to hurt something about you. And so let's be careful not to pull something off that's more heavy than what we can handle. You need to train from two and a half so that you can get to 25s because if you train at two and a half, then you can move to fives, then you can move to tens, then you can move to 15s. But don't you dare go from two and a half to 25s because you can't handle it. And when you get there, it's going to crush you. Oh, I die. But if I never had that conversation with him, he probably would have hurt himself. And so I'm here today, and God has put a, a, a thing in my heart to let you know that you have value. But if you do not do value right, if you do not put your motion into value right, you will end up crushing yourself with the weight that you think you need to have on your shoulders. When you really don't, God is asking you to put it into motion, but he's asking you to start where he has you. And this is where a lot of us get messed up, because we want to start where Jimmy started. Well, 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 his thing was he was poor and now he's rich, so I just want to do what he did. No, 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 you have to go through the process. Well, I want to, I want to, I want to preach to thousands of people. Well, you, you, you haven't even preached to five, so why do you think God's going to allow you to preach to the thousands? Uh, well, I want to be the best that I can be at my job, but you show up late and you lack all kind of skill in your thing. Why don't you go ahead and just do some research and get better at what you're doing so that I can take you to more places than what you think you can get to. If you'll just become better where you're at, God can take you where he wants to take you, but you're not doing what you need to do in the season that you're in, so he cannot take you to the season that you want to be in. Put some motion to your value, and when you put motion to your value, God can bring value to your motion. Okay, all right, it's going to get real in here. I just got chills. Are we okay? Everybody okay? Yeah. 
In Exodus 19, verse 5, it says, Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. All you have to do is obey me fully and keep my covenant. This is really simple. So how do we complicate this? Well, I love Jesus because this is how, the way that he speaks is so incredible. So now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations, you will be my treasured possession. Oh, Jesus, thank you, you know, because I'm obeying you fully and I'm, I'm, I'm living right in the, in the will of, of everything that you're asking me to do. And then Jesus just so eloquently put in there just a little reminder for all you non-humbles. Although the whole earth is mine. I just want to remind you that, yes, you're a treasured possession, but I own it all. So the moment that you think you're special and that you're different than the person on your right and your left, I just want to remind you that I own a cattle on a thousand hills, that this whole thing is mine, that I am the God of all. And so before you go ahead and just take the weight on your shoulders, remember that I took the weight on my shoulders first and that this is about me. And if you'll understand that I am the valued possession here and you value me more than you value you, I will take you further than you've ever been. Just a little reminder. Go ahead. It, go ahead. Right, right here. If you obey me fully, yes, 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 yes. And keep my covenant. Absolutely. I, Lord, I'm doing it. But remember, just remember, humbleness will take you further. Grace will take you further. Kindness will take you further. Because at the end of it, I own it all. God is looking for the faithful. He's looking for the faithful. Uh, I, did a, I did a few studies on, on uh, the projectory, how, how, how you project something the furthest distance. And they've done a lot of scientific studies on, on what the best angle and degrees and all that stuff is to launch something at the furthest distance. You know, when you're shooting a cannon or uh, if you're Chuck Powell and you just like shooting things, period. Um, you know, what, what is the furthest distance that you can get? And they've, they've come up with that 45 degrees is the best angle to shoot something at to get something the furthest. So if you angle it at 45 degrees, and I just thought, I just thought how cool it is that, that we have these things on earth that, that we're doing studies on to be able to get the furthest. But I just, I wonder if we would actually understand and, 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 and research and study what would take us furthest in life, that we would understand it was the simple answer from the beginning that if you'll just take my son as your Lord and Savior, I can project you further than you've ever been projected. I can go ahead and push you further than you've ever gone. I can go ahead and take you and launch you into things that you never thought you could be launched into if you'll just take the simple degrees of launching is my son. Just take my son. You don't need to do the scientific work. You don't need to do anything. Don't even research. Just love my son. Love me. And watch where I can project you. Watch where I can launch you. Watch where I can take you. You will land further than you ever thought you could. And God wants to do that in your life today. He wants to put value inside of you because you already possess it. It's already yours. It was yours when you were born. It was yours before you were even born. God says, I knew you before you were even in the womb. How? Because he's all-knowing. He knows exactly what you went through last week, last month, last year. He knows the hardship that, that you went through. And the craziest part is, he was with you through it. And he walked right by your side through the entire thing. And when you needed him, he was there to grab your hand and to walk with you. And when you didn't want him there and you really kind of neglected him because 
he wasn't showing up for you, he still walked by your side. He was watching every step you took, every thought you thought. Hey, son. Hey, daughter. I'm here for you when you need me. You have value to me. Therefore, I will not leave your side. And when you need me, just call on me. I'm right here. You cannot fall because I'm right here to grab you. You'll fall on your own, but you cannot fall if you call on me. And I love that about Jesus. I love that, that, that even in my moments of doubt, anybody ever doubted anything? <laughs> Let's just be real, okay? Can we be an honest church? Anybody ever doubted anything, okay? I got both hands up, both legs. It's okay. It's okay to doubt things. But guess what? In the moment of doubt, what are we supposed to do? Man, you call on his name. In that moment of doubt, you call on his name. In that moment of doubt, you call on his name. In the things that you don't understand, you call on his name. Because what he does in the moments of doubt is he brings value to where you're at. This might have been the worst season you've ever walked through in your life. It could be. This could be the worst year you have ever seen. 2017 could go down in history as the worst year you've ever seen. And it could be exactly what God has ordered for you. Because it might just be the thing that projects you to the furthest destination because he is taking this moment to change you in the best way. He's equipping you with stuff that you didn't think you were possible or you were capable to, to contain. I'm telling you, me and Brittany, some of the hardest things we've ever been through has made us into the best people we have ever become. I told Brittany that the other day. I was like, li literally, Brittany, and I'm not saying this as mushy-gushy, okay? So please, I'm, I, I don't like mushy-gushy. But please, just hear me. I, I told Brittany, I said, babe, I love you more now than I did on our wedding day because I love who you have become. You have become the woman of God that I thought I married. Just listen to me, because I'm getting there. I know, it sounds like a down, it's not. But in my immaturity, I was where I was, and together we have gotten to where God wanted us to be. I'm telling you, if you don't have, if, if, let, let's just go here for a second. If you are not with the person Okay, if you're, if you're dating right now and you're not with the person that is pushing you, you shouldn't be there with them. Because Brittany has always pushed me, and in the moment of my doubt, she's right there to say, hey, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, come on. We have to grow, because if we're not growing, then we're sitting stagnant. If we're sitting stagnant, we're not adding value to our value. And you have to add value to your value, and if you don't, then you're not putting your, your motion into place. And you have to have motion, because if you don't have motion, you will become stale. And once you become stale, guess what? Ain't nobody want no stale bread. No, they don't. You're going to try to give me help, but once I taste your peanut butter and jelly that's been sitting out for a day, I'm going to say your help doesn't help. It's empty. It's crunchy. It's dry. Does that make sense? So you're asking God, 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 listen to me, God. God, I want to have an influence on people. And God's saying, hey, listen, if you'll just go ahead and, and take care of what I've given you. Just yesterday, I put, Brittany gave me the peanut butter and jelly for Roman, okay? I was outside playing with my friends. She said, you have one responsibility. Feed Roman his peanut butter and jelly. He wanted to ride his dirt bike, so I put his peanut butter and jelly down, put his helmet on. He went riding. 
Three hours later, I found the peanut butter and jelly. Actually, Brittany brought it to me. (laughs) And what did she say? She said the same thing that my parents told me all growing up. Isaiah, you had one responsibility. I thought it was to win the whiff game, but I mean, I guess it was to feed my son. So what happened in that moment? Literally three hours, that that bread was hard as a rock. You couldn't eat that. So you're telling me that within three hours it went stale. Oh, man, I would hate to know what happened in the three years that you've been running. If three hours made that bread go stale, what do you taste like? Because I would hate to taste your sandwich. And I'm being serious as a heart attack. God wants to use you, but you are giving him stale bread to use. And he cannot pass that on. And once he does pass that on, he is bringing a a bad turnout for others. So why would he use you in a way that is going to turn out with bad results? He won't. He's an on-purpose God. So if you become on-purpose, he can be on-purpose. Let's put some motion to our value. In 1 Samuel 15, we're going to jump in here real quick and run through this story. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 10, says, Then the word of the Lord came to Samuel. I regret that I have made Saul king. I never want the Lord to say that about me. Ooh, hey, 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 Pastor Greg, I regret to let you know you made a bad choice hiring Isaiah. He is doing nothing to bring fruit to my kingdom, and you're going to have to let him go. And this is a moment that happened. I've made a bad choice because he has turned away from me and has not carried out my instructions. Samuel was angry and he cried out to the Lord all the night. Early in the morning, Samuel got up and went to meet Saul, but he was told Saul has gone to Carmel. There he has set up a monument in his own honor and has turned and gone down on Gilgal. When Samuel reached him, Saul said, the Lord bless you. I have carried out the Lord's instructions. But Samuel said, what then is this blessing of sheep in my ears? What is this lowing of cattle that I hear? Saul answered, the soldiers brought them from the Amalekites. They spread the best of the sheep and the cattle and sacrificed the Lord your God to the Lord your God. But we totally destroyed the rest. Enough, Samuel said to Saul. Let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. Tell me, Saul replied. Samuel said, although you were once small, In your own eyes, did you not become the head of the tribes of Israel? Man, that will preach because the moment that you become small before God is the moment that he will make you large in front of crowds. And let me tell you this, and you need to hear this, church, because this is where you will become famous in your job. This is where you will become famous. And I don't mean famous by people. I mean famous to where God will use you in massive ways. Okay? God can use you when you become small. You have to become small to become big. God says, listen, humble yourself so that I can take you places that you cannot get by yourself. The Lord anointed the king over Israel, and he sent you on a mission saying, go and completely destroy those wicked people, the Amalekites. Wage war against them until you have wiped them out. Why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the Lord? But I did obey the Lord, Saul said. I went on the mission the Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the Amalekites and brought back Agag, their king. The soldiers took sheep and cattle from the plunder, the best of what was devoted to God, in order to sacrifice them to the Lord your God at Gilgal. 
But Samuel replied, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? Ooh. Doesn't matter what you bring to him. He wants obedience. But God, you saw what I did. But son, did you obey me? I, I, I told you what to do. But God, I know that I didn't do exactly what you asked me to do, but Lord, I was trying to bring value to my value. You know, God, you, you said we're valuable. But son, you cannot add value to yourself. I have to add the value for you. Without me, you are nothing. To obey is better than sacrifice. And the heat is better than the fat of rams. I've never had the fat of a ram. It sounds pretty tasty. I'm guessing. Never mind. Moving on. For, for, oh, Lord, I can't get out of my mind. Erase it. For rebellion is like the sin of division and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Ooh, man. Okay, so I'm going to stop right there and just, we're going to sum up that story right there, okay? That, that's all you need to know is that when you take yourself out of position to be blessed, okay, when you take yourself out of position and of obedience, then you have completely wiped out God in using you. And he says, mm, I got somebody else. Now, I chose you, but you ruined it. So go sit over there. You're in timeout now. Let me look for somebody that can do what I, what I really need them to do. And, and, and please hear me, church. Please hear me. Please hear me. If you are devoted to God with obedience, okay, he will take you places. If you are not devoted to God with obedience and you are just trying to please him, you will not go very far. Because then you're trying to please him. Oh, Lord, look what I did over here. And God, look what I did over there. And Lord, I did that. Yeah, but are you kidding me? You never shut up. You know how many people you, you were running your mouth to, gossiping over here and doing that over there and living in sin over there? Do you see that? You're not doing what I've, what I've asked you to do. I told you to stay on course in obedience. I gave you very simple plans saying, son, daughter, obey these commandments and therefore you will have eternal life with me. But you couldn't even do that. I can't bless that son. I can't bless that daughter. Are we tracking? Is everybody okay? All right, look like everybody took some like sleeping pills. I just want to make sure. We're going to chapter 16, okay? Just roll with me. We're going to chapter 16. We're jumping ahead because here's the moment where God took who out of position? Oh, good. Thank God. Saul, you guys are listening. Saul out of position. And now he's on, he, he's scouting, okay? He's going to every basketball game. He's scouting for the best player, okay? Verse 1, chapter 16. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. God's looking for you. But Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul, is, Saul hears about it, he will kill me. The Lord said, take a heifer. You always take a heifer. Any, when you're in doubt, you take a heifer. Okay? Babe, where are you going? 
I'm going to the grocery store. I don't know what I'm going to get, so I'm taking a cow. Okay, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what to do. That's God. No matter what, no matter what confusion you're in, just go, and he'll show you what to do. He says it all the time. Just be obedient, and I'll come in, and I'll show you exactly what to say. Just be obedient, and I'll show you exactly where to go. Just be obedient, and I'll show you exactly what to do. That's God. That is God. Every time I've stepped out in faith, God has showed up. He doesn't ever let you down. Samuel did what the Lord said when he arrived at Bethlehem. The elders of the town trembled. When they met him, they asked, do you come in peace? Samuel replied, yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab. Ooh, good looking dude. And thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height. So sorry, Chris Pringle. For I have rejected him. I'm just kidding. Chris, that was bad. I, just, I led you into that one. That was bad. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Where is your heart position today? Where is your heart position today? Do you really care where God is taking you? Because if you do, position your heart to where you want to be, and God will take you there. Then Jesse called uh, uh, Abinadab and had, had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shema pass by. But Samuel said, not, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? And Jesse's like, well, I mean, all the good looking ones. I got, I, got, I got another one. I mean, he's out in the field. I didn't really think you'd want to see him. He didn't look worthy of kingship. I mean, I, mean, I do have the other one. But really him? Is that, is that really the one you... You want to you see? Oh, okay, I mean, they're, they're still the youngest, Jesse answered. I mean, uh, he's sending to the sheep, Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. Ooh, the story just got real, people. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Boom, daddy, the sheep poo is working. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. The one that you all thought wasn't him, this is he. He is king material. He hasn't been walking around with these people. He's actually been out with the sheep and doing exactly what I've asked him to do. I gave him strength to wrestle a bear. I gave him strength to... You're not, you're not playing along with me. You're not, you're, not, you're, not, you're not doing this with me. You're not following along. Because, see, when he was preparing himself in the field, he was getting ready for what God had for him in the chair of kingship. You see, he took the one little red paper clip and said, God, I know that I have value. I'm going to go ahead and do what my father has asked of me. When you live in obedience, no matter what season you're in, no matter what God has asked you to do, you do it and you do it well. 
Because when you do that well, God says, hey, listen, I got a king's chair waiting for you. It's got your name on it. Just be faithful in the season that I have you so that I can take you to where I want you to be. But you got to be faithful in the small so that I can bring you to the big. Saul, I could use you because at first you, you came to me as small. But then, but then, all the influences from around, all the shift in environments, everything that you are a part of, you became not usable. And therefore, I had to strip you from your position so that I could help you to understand your value. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. Oh, man, I love that. That is so good. Yeah, boys, I've been out in the field. Look at me now. I just love that they did it in front of them. It's so good. You know that moment you just want everybody to see? You know, let's just have a little selfish moment. You just want everybody to see it. Like I've been suffering and now I'm not. Okay, let's just be real. David had to have a moment where they were pouring the oil over his head. He just had to have one little moment and say, thank you, God. Because of my faithfulness, you are now bringing me to a new level. And I'm sure as he was walking out, he turned around and said, deuces, suckers. (laughs) As he wiped the oil out of his hand and flicked it on his brother's. Come on, it's too real. This is real stuff. I know it's in the Bible, but these are real people. This is real life. And when he's standing there in front of Samuel, and Samuel says, this is the one. God is telling me that you're it. I don't know who's coming into your path to tell you that you're the one that God has chosen, but I can tell you if you will just be who God has called you to be in the season that you're in, that person is coming. You didn't get that because you didn't respond and you should have responded and you didn't respond, so you didn't really get what I just said. You got it. Okay, we got one. Be faithful for where, with where you're at. Be faithful for with where you're at. Be faithful in the small, the small, just the small, the small stuff, the small stuff that you think it doesn't matter. It does matter. The small stuff that you do behind closed doors. Y'all don't know, but Sherry Salmon, she does more for this church in sending out our admin stuff than you've ever, than you could ever imagine. Does she get her face put on the screen? No, you never see Sherry Salmon's. The first time you probably heard about Sherry Salmon's is when she lost her daughter, Amy. You don't know who she is. She works her butt off for this church. She's more diligent than the work that goes on in this church than any of you could ever even imagine. She's more on top of it. She's redoing structures, redoing systems. She just came to me the week of her daughter's death. She said, Isaiah, listen, I'm not going to be able to work until December probably. I'm like, oh, really? She said, yeah, I just need to take some time, but I want to let you know that I've been working on some systems. I've been working on some new stuff because how we're doing it isn't working. Let's do some new things. 
I've been working on it. Really, Sherry? Because you don't even work here. You don't even receive a paycheck. You've been working on stuff for this church? Why? Because you're diligent with the small. Why are you doing that? Why are you wasting your time to make this place better? Because I want to see Jesus in people's lives that couldn't receive it before. But now because of my diligence, they can go ahead and see it. You don't know. You don't know where you're at. You don't know where you're at. You don't know what's coming. Sherry Sammons had over 280 people that showed up to her daughter's funeral. Why? Because she's a contagious person. I love being around Sherry. When I leave the presence of Sherry, I'm like, hey, that felt good. It just rubs off. Do stuff in the, in the hidden places so that God can expose you when you're humble. He's just going to expose you to everyone else. Look, look, he's been faithful in the, in the hidden places. Look, David's been out with the sheep. But I'm going to go ahead and bring him in. Hey, this is the guy. Oh, he's so faithful. I can use him. Oh, man, you should see how he takes care of the sheep. He can take care of my people. If he takes care of my people the way he takes care of his sheep, we got to win in front of us. God wants to use you, but he needs you to start where you're at, not where you want to be. Start putting some motion to your value so that your value gains value. Okay. Is this preaching to anybody? Anybody getting anything? We okay? Is everybody all right? God is so good. Man, he's so good. London and Roman were in the kitchen. Uh, I'm sorry. I was in the kitchen. London and Roman were in the living room with Brittany and uh, Brittany had done something where she gave each of the kids a quarter. In London, my six-year-old, Roman being my three-year-old, London looked at Brittany and said, Mom, do you have a shiny one like Roman got? Because mine's kind of dull. And, you know, she's, London is so, she kind of blows my mind with where she goes in her thought process and who she is as a person. Um, and she, she wanted a shiny one, and, and, uh, and Brittany looked, and I, this is why I love, this is why I love my wife, but she, she pulled him in, and she goes, hey guys, listen, here's the deal. No matter, no matter what the dullness looks like or the shininess of the coin, they both have the same same value. So it doesn't matter if the, the coin is shiny or the coin is dull, you can still buy something for the same value with this coin. And I'm sitting in the kitchen. I'm like, preach it, babe. Ooh. I went into the, to the cabinet. I got out the olive oil. I'm anointing myself. I'm like, this is good. <laughs> like, like, this girl can preach. Ooh. Looked in, every one of them slain. I'm like, dang, dude, this girl just like lit fire. I'm like, babe, this is good. That's good. 
Let her preach. Because here's the thing. You see, everyone in this room has value when you're born. Period. Right off the bat, God gave you value. But here's the thing. Everybody's been through life. And one of the coins that we gave to London was a little more dull. That means it was a little more old, okay? It had a little more roughness around the edges. That means it had been through a few more pockets than the other one has. It's been through a a few more gas stations. It's been through a few more things than the other coin has. It's probably been falling in the dirt a few times. It probably got a little dirty every once in a while. We had to wipe it off, okay? So what it's done is it's lost its shininess. But it has not lost its value, And that's the thing. A lot of us in this room think that you've lost your value because you look dull. But God wants to remind you today that it's not the way that you have been. It's not the way that you have been through, the things that you have been through. But it's the value that I placed on you from the beginning. It is still the same value. Nothing has shifted. Nothing has changed. You still have that value. It's still the same. Nothing has shifted. You are still worth being my child. You're valuable doesn't matter what you've been through. doesn't matter what you're going through. God says, listen, you're valuable to me. I want you with all that I am. And I need you to listen and obey so that I can take you where I want to take you. London looked back at Brittany and she said, okay, can I still have a shiny one? <laughs> teach your kids. Every moment you get, teach your kids. Teach your kids, teach your kids, teach your kids. There's a lesson in almost everything. And half the time I lay my head on the, fl- on the pillow at night, I was going to say on the floor, but Brittany lets me sleep in bed, so that's good. <laughs> but half the time I lay down my head and I say, man, what lessons did I miss out on today? Man, i got to be more strategic tomorrow. Because with my strategicness, I can shift the culture of what is to come. Man, I want to be strategic. Because I want London, Roman, and Sloan to have such value that they know what they hold. And that as they hold that value, that they will continually make what they have better. They'll dig into their word more because they know that the word adds value. They'll dig into prayer more because they know that prayer adds value. They'll dig into understanding the Heavenly Father because they know that if they do that, they will add value. They know that the relationships on the outside of the home bring value. And so who I surround myself matters. Who I surround myself with matters because who I surround myself with is who I will become like. And if I want value, I need to value my friendships. I need to value my friends. I have a quick video I just want you to watch it. This is, uh, this is incredible. So open yourself up and receive. We see the story of Jesus going to the cross and everything seems to kind of be hand in hand. And then there's this one character that seems to interrupt the narrative. His name's Barabbas. We don't even know much about him except that he's a murderer, a leader of an insurrection, a rebel. And why he's even mentioned, sometimes I'm not so sure. It's like, what? Let's, this is about Jesus going to the cross. So in this moment, Pilate thinks, I hold the destinies of these two men in my hand. I know the Jews have a tradition that on a holy day, I will release one of the prisoners on death row. Pilate stands on this audacious stage who now presents Jesus, son of the living God, versus Barabbas, the thug and rebel. He says, all right, 
Who do you want? This is blasphemy. This is, this has gone too far. There's no comparison. This is a rightful prisoner, a man who should be on death row. He's a rebel against Rome. He leads a rebellion. He murders people. He's a bad man. He's a thug and he's a crook. He deserves the chains and he deserves the crucifixion. Jesus, what has he done but heal, restore, deliver, set free, open blind eyes, open deaf ears, heal the lame and the leper? What, what has Jesus done? Who do you want? We, we want Barabbas. Yeah, give us Barabbas. They give us Barabbas. The Roman soldiers come up and they put the key in and they unlock Barabbas from his chains and shackles. And he walks down the platform, welcomed by all of his thug friends. Yeah, the people love me. Yeah, that's right. I don't even know who this Jesus guy is, but all I know is my people love me. There seems to be no conscience in Barabbas. There's no record of him turning to Jesus and saying, I owe you everything now, for you have set me free. No, I don't see any of that in Barabbas. God knew that. Jesus stood there, silent for he knew the will of the Father. He said, it's fine, Father. Let him have Barabbas. For Jesus knew that the Father would have to treat Jesus like Barabbas so he could treat Barabbas like Jesus. Barabbas thought it was the people that set him free. No, 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 no. It was the love of the Heavenly Father.
that he's the one that took your place. He's the one that stood silently on the platform with Pilate and said, yes, let him have Barabbas. Take me. How many times have I stood on that platform with Pilate and Jesus and I'm the Barabbas and they start to take my chains off and I say, no, no, I deserve this. I deserve the guilt. I deserve the shame. I deserve the consequence. I deserve it. Jesus seems to look at me, say, no, son, let me have it. Let me have your sin. Let me have your pain. No, God, I did it to myself. I deserve it. My marriage won't make it. This is what I deserve. I deserve divorce. I deserve poverty. I deserve sickness. I deserve it all. No. God, I, I'm so ashamed. Give me your shame. But God, what if I do it again? I'll still be here. Oh God, I don't want to hurt you. I love you. I, I don't want to do this anymore. Give me your sins, son. This is all we got. It's all I got. It's all you got. We can play games. We can play church games. We can pretend like some people are better than others and that's why they're blessed. Or we can all come to the honest conclusion that it's God. And it's God alone. The greatest challenge is not your discipline, your devotion, your focus. Your greatest challenge is believing the gospel. Could it be that there's a God with a love so scandalous, so wide, so deep, so vast, so high, so expansive, so welcoming, so inclusive? Let me have your sin, son. Okay. And I give him my sin. Let's stand in this empty space of forgiveness and acceptance while Jesus walks off to the cross that I deserve. I see him, I see him walking to the post to be whipped. As I stand a free man, all the attention is turned now. And I feel the love of God saying, go son, live your life. I'll pay the price. Where did we get off thinking that we were gonna set ourselves free? It's still Jesus. It'll always be Jesus. It'll never stop being the power of Jesus. If His blood is sufficient for your salvation, His blood is sufficient to sustain you through every challenge and every sin and every temptation. Jesus is enough. Come on, stand up. Stand up with me. Come on, Jesus is doing something inside of you right now. Maybe you are in that position where you say, I cannot do it on my own. I've been through too much. Jesus says, hey, listen, I was enough at the beginning. I'm still enough now. Now where you are at is exactly where I want you to be. And I can use you, son. I can use you, daughter. As long as you will just give me all that you have, I can take value the value that I placed on you from the beginning, and I can put some more value to it.
God wants to use you today, church. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you've been through, but God wants to use you. Man, he wants to use you. He wants to use you. He wants to use you. Maybe you've been, you maybe you're in this church and you say, you know what? Honestly, I've been too many places. Because maybe, maybe just maybe, maybe just maybe you're like this, this, this coat rack here. It's got a few different coats on it. And, and maybe just maybe every morning you walk in and you, you just take a, a jacket off and you say, you know what? Today I'm going to be this person because today this person is just who I feel like being. And you start to add on your jacket and, and this is the position. This is the personality. This is the person, the you. Where's that armhole? It's back here somewhere. There it is. This is the person you choose to be. Right here, this is, this is you. Oh, I like that. That feels good. That feels good. But, but here, here's the pro- problem because this is Monday, and what happens on Monday shifts because what happens on Tuesday, Tuesday you become a little different. And Tuesday you're feeling a little, a little like, uh, I don't know, we're going to go to a party. <laughs> so why not? I like party outfits. Parties, parties are fun. So, so you, you throw on your party outfit, and because the party outfit looks different, man, that dang armhole, where are you at? There it is. Right there. And so the party jacket goes on, and when the party jacket goes on, this is the fun one, man. This is the, this is, this is me. Hey, this is me. I know you saw this yesterday, but <laughs> just kidding. This is me, and this is fun. This is fun day. I like fun day, and fun day's great day. And why don't you come along? We can go on a ride and have fun, because I'm fun. But the problem is, that's Tuesday, and by Wednesday, we've kind of shifted our, our thought process, and we said, hey, you know what? I didn't even really know what this thing is. Maybe it helps me float. I don't really know. Kind of looks weird, but I'm going to go ahead and put it on because you know what? Uh, the guys are going out and I, w- I just want to be like them. And so, I- man, what the heck? Almost like I never get dressed. And so you, you put on this, this, random, this random thing because this is what everybody else is doing and I don't even know what it does. Is it inflate? Is it like a plane thing where I'm going down, I pull a thing and it- I don't know, but it, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool, but, but yesterday it's kind of sticking out. And so this, this is working for me. You kind of see what I'm going for, but it's, I don't know, it's kind of, re- oh, okay, but here's the problem because that was Wednesday and by Thursday, we've kind of shifted our thought process and we say, hey, you know what, uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be this person today because you know what, honestly, like, like this feels good. And so on Thursday, we shift this other jacket and Thursday, we feel like this, this is us. This is the new, I'm telling you, church, this is a problem. This is Thursday. Thursday feels good. Man, I'm feeling good because you know what? Today, this is just me. This is me. I feel good. This is me. It's me. See, you you forgot because, no, this was Monday me. This is Tuesday me, Wednesday me, but, but this is Thursday, so this is who I become by Thursday. But hold on because it's not Friday yet. Friday rolls around, and what, what happens on Friday? We, we choose to we choose to. to to shift things a little different. And, and so by, by Friday, we say, hey, you know what? Honestly, like, Allie, you're going to have to help me because I don't, there's no way. I can't. And by Friday, oh, Lord, we're getting hard to reach the mic. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's definitely. Oh, yeah, that's good. And by Friday, it's getting a little harder to move because, I mean, honestly, I started out Monday really good and I felt pretty swell and Tuesday was good too. Wednesday was fine. Thursday was good, but I'm gonna let it's getting a little hotter in here. Hard to breathe. And so we've shifted now onto Thursday, Friday, 
man, by Saturday, I don't even know who I am anymore. So I just kind of want to just, you know what? Yeah, let's just do it. I'll just bring me the last jacket. Let's just go here. We're, we're going to forget this guy because we're not going to fit him. This is Saturday. We're just going to kind of cover up. You see, by Saturday now, we're just trying to cover up. Allie, can you zip me up? This is how she dresses Landon, too. You all think Landon picks out the outfits. You far off. She calls him in the morning. Landon, come in here, honey. I got to get you dressed. You see, by Saturday, by Saturday, what we've done now is we've tried to cover up everything that we've done in our week. Oh, man. You got what going on today? I'm going to go ahead and be a part of that because I'm going to just show ahead and try to wash out everything that I've been through this week. It's been a really tough week. I've had a lot of different personalities, a lot of different things going on in my week. There's been a lot of things that have hit me hard, and I don't even know who I am anymore. So by Saturday, I'm just going to go to the bar and wash it away. Because I don't even want to be me anymore. I don't even know who I am. I got so many different layers on. I can hardly even move. Now my position that I'm in, I don't even know if I really want to be in that position anymore. The friends that I have around me, I hate them all. All they do is talk about me. I hate my marriage. I don't have enough money. Everything that I do does not have success. I'm telling you, I'm a failure, dude. I don't know who I am. And God says, listen, son. Listen, daughter, if you will just take who I created you to be and just strip away the layers, what happens is over time, God can take you from not knowing who you are and in an instant, he can remind you of who you were created to be. You have value. You, you, you have value. You have value, but you don't have value like this. You don't have value like this. Yeah, you have original value, but you don't have, you don't have escalated value. Why? Because you don't even know who you are. How can God use that? God can't use someone that doesn't know who they are. God says, hey, listen, I want you to put motion to the value that I originated you with. How did I originate you, Isaiah? Well, God, you originated me back in the day without sin. And I can't say that I haven't sinned. Yeah, but Zay, I can take you back there. Just one word. Eh. Three words. God, forgive me. God, forgive me. And as you do, what happens? What happens? Let's just go ahead and play it right here. What happens? God says, hey, listen. With your forgiveness, Allie. Allie. With your forgiveness, here it comes. Layer by layer. And every day it gets easier to move. And guess what happens? You start, to be gain, you start to gain movement. You start to gain mobility. And you can start to take off each layer and say, hey, listen, here's the deal. I feel you, Jesus. I know it's going to take a little bit of work. But as, I, as, as you're stripping me down, I'm starting to gain mobility again. I'm starting to gain my testimony again. I'm starting to gain the life that I knew I had. I know that I lost it over time, God. But God, guess what? I'm coming back. And I'm coming back full vengeance, Lord. I want everything that you have for me. And God, I know that I can worship you. Why? 
greater than I've ever worshipped you, Jesus, because I'm gaining mobility back. Lord, I don't want this season anymore. Lord, I don't want that. I know that it was there to strengthen me, and God, I know that you strengthened me through it, but God, I don't want to see it anymore. And Lord, as you stripped us away from me, Jesus, I am being able to be used more than I've ever been used. Hey, have you ever been through this season? Let me help you to get through this season, because I've been there. I've done that, and when I came through that, it was the best season I've ever been through, because God taught me who I am today from where I was yesterday, and I'm just going to strip this off and go ahead and let it go, because God, you've taken it all away from me, and now I am exactly who you originally decided for me to be. Come on, church. You are God's original masterpiece. He created you on purpose to do the work that he's called you to do. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter what you're going through. You are designed by God for this purpose today, for tomorrow. Where he's taking you is on purpose. Give your life to God. Put motion to your value so that he can take you where he has for you to be. Come on, every hand around this place, raise your hand up. Today, Jesus is it. He is the end all get all today. He has something in store for you today. I understand it's 11.04, but we're going to go six minutes longer. It's okay. You'll be all right. Jesus has something in store for you today. Here's the thing. If you're sitting in this room today and you're lacking in value, I want you to hit this altar today. If you say, Jesus, I really don't know who I am. Jesus wants to remind you today, and he wants you to hit this altar today to be reminded. Come on, you can step out of your comfort zone today. Let him see you. Let him know that you are here saying, God, Lord, I know that I've been through all these different seasons. Lord, I understand that I've been stagnant in this thing. Lord, God, I pray that you would push me. Lord, that you would stretch me. Come on, today this is for you. Hit this altar today. This is for you. God is speaking to you. He's tugging on your heart. He's letting you know, good and faithful servant, listen, I see you. I see you, son. I see you, daughter. And I want you to be who I've called you to be. But you're going to have to get rid of some coats. You're going to have to get rid of some baggage. And it's okay because I'm here to let you know that that baggage is mine to begin with. Give it to me. I can take the weight off of your shoulders. And God wants to restore your value today. If that's you, these altars are for you. Come on, be obedient. Step out. Step out in faith that you will see results immediately. Come on. This altar is for you. Come on. Step out in faith. Today, Jesus has it for you today. He has healing for you today. You can strip the weights. You can strip that off your shoulders. You don't have to carry that anymore. That's not for you to carry. God says, hey, listen, I gave it. I gave it way back in the day on a cross so that you didn't have to carry it. Come on, Jesus is doing it in you. He's starting to nudge you. He's pushing you a little bit. It's okay. Take that nudge. Take that push. Say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to step out because, God, you've originally made me into who I'm supposed to be. Come on, you're an original masterpiece. God worked long and hard on you in the womb so that you would be exactly who you are today. Yeah, you might have had a few mess-ups. That's okay. It's all right to mess up as long as we run back to the creator, the savior of all. Come on, Jesus is doing it inside of you today. He's doing it inside of you today. Jesus, do it today. Do it today, Jesus.